if, uh, if you can look at the screen for a minute, because what we're going to talk about, as I said at the beginning of the service, is this Day of Atonement. It's a long word. So let's see if we can make sense of it. When you look at, when you look at the word, it's just a long word. So for the sake of ease, let's break it down a bit. If you just look at those first two letters, what does that say? And those words? And then meant. So when we talk about atonement, it means lots of things. And it's not as simple as that. But it's actually, at its very simplest, it's how does God help us to become at one, at peace, at in relationship, at one with God. Now, I want to tell you what happened by us reading the Bible together. And then I want you, or some of you, to help me with a kind of story about what life's like sometimes. So if you have a Bible in Leviticus, which is in that first few uh, pages of the, the Bible as a whole, Leviticus, chapter 16. So remember what's going on here. Every year they come and the people of God say, we've messed up. We've made some dreadful mistakes. We have sinned. And in, at that time, before Jesus comes, it's like, okay, this is how we're going to deal with it. You don't have, this is the good news, you don't have to live always worried about the things you've messed up about. There is a way out. And in chapter 16, it begins to say how it happened. Verse 20. When Aaron, and Aaron was a priest. When Aaron the priest has finished making atonement for the most holy place. In other words, once he'd cleansed the tent where they'd meet with God. He shall bring forward a live goat. He's to lay both hands on the goat, of the live goat, and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He'll send the goat away into the desert in the care of a man appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a solitary place, and the man will release it in the desert. Verse 29, this is to be a lasting ordinance or a lasting command for you. On the 10th day of the seventh month, you must deny yourselves, not do any work, whether you're native born or whether you're an alien living amongst you, because on this day, atonement will be made for you to cleanse you. Then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. It's a Sabbath of rest. You must deny yourselves. It's a lasting ordinance and so it goes on so you get a picture well let me explain it like this how many of you under the age of 13 how many of you under the age of 13 can tell me 
what it feels like when you're having a bad day. What's it feel like? <laughs> Hang on. It, shout it. Upsetting. Upsetting. Somebody else, use when you're having a bad day. Anybody else? Under the edge, yes. It can be boring sometimes. It can be boring sometimes. Yeah, Matthew? Yep. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mime where your bottom lip just comes out. That's how it feels on a bad day. Yes. Cross. Cross. It makes you feel cross on a bad day. Have any of you under the age of 13 ever had an argument with your brother or sister? <laughs> ever. Ever. Okay, why do, they, why do you have an argument with them? If he thinks something different than, if I think something different okay. than him. If he thinks something different from me. <laughs> this is big stuff. Anybody had an argument with their brother or sister? What, what happens? Why? Um, because we're playing Mario Party 8 and he, and he wasn't really playing. And then I got beaten by Com and he said he beat me. Oh. I can see why that would make you fall out with someone. Does anybody know how this feels? Does anybody know how this feels? It's a special day. It's your brother's birthday or your sister's birthday, and you're all going for a special meal somewhere. And you fall out with them. Does anybody know how that feels? Does any parent know how that feels? <laughs> Having children. You get the blame. You get the blame. And on these bad days that you've told me about, it's, it makes you feel cross, it makes you feel bad, it makes you feel upsetting, and it just feels bad. How many of you get really grumpy then? Yeah, does anybody get really grumpy? Yeah, some of the parents get really grumpy. Okay, last question. Last question. And this is a very serious question, and it's a kind of question for everybody. Do you sometimes act in ways that you wish you didn't? Do you sometimes act in ways that you really wish you didn't? On your table, on your table is a milk bottle filled with water. It's very important that top does not come off. <laughs> on your table are two little pieces of paper and some pens, because my brilliant assistants have been helping to make sure that's true. Can you write on those papers how it feels when you're having a really bad day and you begin to act in ways that you wish you didn't. How does it feel? Now, I'll get, we've got lots more paper if you run out. How does it feel if on the bad days you begin to act in ways that you wish you hadn't? Okay? Can you write on the paper how that feels 
And then, when you fill that little paper, and you might do both sides, can you stick it to the bottle with the blue tack that is also on your table? Are you with me? Okay, you might want to talk about it together. I wonder whether um, some people would just call out some of the words you've put on the paper. Yeah. Guilty. Somebody else. Yeah, George. Bad. Frustrating. Bad. Mad. What about bad? Have you got that? <laughs> Someone else. Blameful. I don't know if it's a word, but it's a good word. Blameful. It's a good word. Disappointed. Self-loathing. Mary's just said, I hope this gets better. We're just going to say a benediction and let you go. Sheepish. Ah, very good. Can you stick your paper to your bottle? Just stick it to the bottle. Not like that. And then... Can someone deliver it to me? Uh, Cameron. Just hold it for a minute. I did ask you. You didn't volunteer. Okay. Thank you. Right. What I want to do... Okay. How are we doing, Cameron? Yeah, there's an initial association. Okay, have we got any more? Yeah. Thank you. It didn't come off. We'll put that in there and we'll hold that. Oh, hang on. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Can you hold that? And can you hold that? I told them at work I was doing this and they all said, is this a health and safety issue? Thank you. Right. How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah. Is it too early? No. Right. Okay. Now, what Israel as a whole nation was saying and feeling was that they were carrying just all those feelings that you've written down, they just had to carry. And if there's no way out, you just have to carry it. You have to make the best of it. And it just becomes part of you. How do you get rid of all that feeling? Well, you can't. You just have to find new ways of carrying more. That's just the way it is. Camera's going to wear that for a little while longer, and we're going to sing. And, um, and then that's okay. And then we'll come back to Cameron in a moment or two. And it's one thing to sing you're good and your love endures but it's hard when you're laden down 
isn't it? It's hard. It's not much fun. Yeah. Because after a while, just the burden of all you're carrying, that screams louder than the words you sing. So where's the grace of God? Well, this is the grace of God. In the Old Testament, the grace of God was a goat. And someone would come, someone like Ronnie. Wake up. <laughs> Sleepy goat. And a man like Ronnie would, would take the bottles. Give Ronnie the bottles. And those. To be honest, you're better at carrying than he is. not going far. And someone came and took the load and carried it and they sent it into a desert. You can go out there and just drop them off. And it's really interesting that it was you take your sin on a goat and take it out into the wilderness into the desert place and leave it there. And then the guy comes back again. And every year you knew, I don't have to carry it anymore. I'm free. Camera's sitting down again. And the weight you carried had gone. And it becomes so much easier to sing. But of course the story doesn't stop in Leviticus. It continues. So what we're going to do for uh, five minutes is just some of the others are going to stay in here and we're going to ask the children to do a game, but because it'll be quite perhaps a little noisier, they're going to go and do that just in there for five minutes. If you can go through there, just to the foyer area and then John, when they're in there, just close the door for us, that'd be great. just want to take um, a couple of minutes just to think on an adult level one stage further with this. What they're doing in there is the old-fashioned chocolate game. Do you remember the chocolate game where you have, to get direct, you have to throw a six and then you have to put stuff on? Yeah, okay, now you're going. <laughs> um, to, to carve up the chocolate and to get the chocolate. Do you remember that? You must have played it if you went to any... You didn't... Did you not go to those sorts of parties, Pat? In the working classes, that's what we did all the time. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you'd, you'd, you'd throw a six and you had to get a hat on and a scarf on and gloves and then you can start doing the chocolate and they're throwing the dice at the same time and then someone else gets a, si a six and before you've got any chocolate out at all, it's <sighs> so frustrating. That's what they're doing. Don't worry about if you don't like your children eating chocolate because they won't eat any. It's, yes, it's a cheap game. It's the frustration of going through the rigmarole, but actually not finding in the end the ultimate real desire, which is, of course, the chocolate. 
Now, it's a weak analogy, but it'll do. In the New Testament, there was a moment when people began to reflect on the Day of Atonement. And they wanted to say, actually, you know, what you saw that, and I thought, actually, in that context, you see someone carry that sin away. That's brilliant. But in the New Testament, they said, actually, that's just like a shadow of the real. And the real is what Jesus did. I don't know if you've ever thought of giving up on Christianity and just packing it in. You'd be very unusual if you've never thought that. And in the New Testament, there certainly were people at times who were facing pressures and they just thought, I, I just wonder whether it's worth it. And there's one letter that's written to people like that. and It's the letter to the Hebrews. And the writer to the Hebrews wants you to know about Jesus. Because you can give up on Christianity if you think Christianity is a bunch of rules. You can give up on church if you think it's just about coming along to a service. But actually what the writer to the Hebrews wanted you to know is if you give up on Jesus, you're missing out on the real. You're giving up on the real. And you're left just with shadows then. In, in Hebrews, they said that taking of sin had to happen every year. Every year that had to happen. But with Jesus, it happens once and for all. And it's my, not my job to make us feel guilty, but it's my job to tell you that no, the feeling of discontent, your sin is not in the room with you. Your sin has been taken into the wilderness. You are not being judged for all that stuff that you know you'd want no one else to know about. That's been carried into the wilderness and it's happened once and for all. When the writer to the Hebrews talks about it, he said, for that to happen, it had to be a special priest who could come close to God to do that. And all that rigmarole, the, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's kind of like all that you have to get through to the chocolate. And, and the Hebrews says, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, his body. Since we have a great priest over the house of God, let's draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Once upon a time, it was only special priests, special people who got to go that close to God. Now, we are invited to come close. In Hebrews, he says, the problem was the priest, however clean he got, he was always a sinner. But Jesus was sinless. In Hebrews, they talk about sin and they say the problem with sin is it's persistent. It always seemed to be every year it came back again. But actually, in chapter 10, it says this. God has dealt with our sin permanently. Permanently. And finally, the goats were killed and the scapegoat leaves. 
Jesus carries the sin and the goats are really relieved. It's because actually on the cross, Jesus took my guilt, my separation, my frustration, and I am made clean. There is nothing that separates you from God. There is nothing that separates you from his love. There is nothing that separates you from his purpose. There is nothing that separates you from his goodness. There is nothing that separates you from his purpose. There's nothing that separates him, you, from his desire for his blessing to rest on your life. There is nothing that separates you. Last thing. Book of Hebrews. You get all this brilliant stuff. And six times the writer says, so please don't turn your back on it. Because if you turn your back on that, what you got left? Where are you going to go? If you say no to that, what you got left? Nothing separates you from the love of God. Nothing separates you from all his goodness. Please don't turn your back on it. But where are you going to go? The Day of Atonement, a once a year spring clean. The blood of Jesus, a once in an epoch event that changes the world. We're going to invite the children back in now. Of course, 30 of them will be really frustrated. But you will have to deal with that as parents, and um, that's not my problem. Um, but let's welcome them back. Well, I know they're going melting, that's why we sent them in there. Shall we pray together as they come? Quickly. <laughs> Lord, I just want to take a moment and just remind myself of all the things I've just said and all the things in the room we've heard. This is so basic. Lord, we come and rest in you, knowing that nothing separates from you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome back, folks. You were gone so short a time. Who got any chocolate? Did anybody get any chocolate? Um, not really. Not really. No, it's a frustrating attitude. Did you? You didn't even get a glove on. Did you get any chocolate? No. Did you get any chocolate? No. Did you get any chocolate? No. Did you get any chocolate? Yes. Ta -da! Right. We can deal with this. Try and bring the. Where's it? I was going to show out at the end. Oh, at the end. That would be better. Yeah. Okay. Right. Listen. Everybody who's just been out of the room, two things. Wasn't it very frustrating not to get chocolate? But secondly, you will get chocolate at the end of the service. So, all will be well. Okay, everyone. Right. Well, whilst we had relative fun through there, I'm sure you guys were learning something else. But there will be chocolate at the end. We've said there's plenty of chocolate at the end. But it was, it was a good thing that we did because what, we were, what was happening is we had to put on so much stuff, didn't we, to even get a chance of trying to open the chocolate bar with a knife and fork. 
and it was really annoying when you just got something on and then John shouted out, change, and then it was all back to someone else's turn. Now, we're going to take communion in a, bit, in a minute, but before we do, I'd like to start you off on a bit of an experiment. Now, think about what we've been learning today, and uh, what's happening now are little white carnation flowers are being handed out to your tables. Now, what I want you to do is to take one flower, just take one flower, okay? And then there's some plastic cups coming out to you as well, and you need to take one plastic cup. And I want you to just look at that flower and have a look at it and examine it and see what color it is. What color is it, guys? White. It's white, isn't it? It's a lovely white, clean flower. Now, make sure... Everyone can get one. And we've got spares if we need some more, so it's okay. Okay, well done. Thank you to my helpers for giving out everything. And now this perfectly white flower, I just want you to try and just go with me with this. Imagine that that flower is so perfect and white and clean, it's just like Jesus. Yeah? He never did anything wrong, so he's absolutely spotless clean, yeah? And then what I want you to do is there's some jugs of water. Does this look like water? Why? What's wrong with it? It's red, isn't it? It's a bit like blood, isn't it? Now, what I want you to do is pour a little bit into your cup. Now, you're going to have to be very careful, guys, because we don't want spillages. So just pour it in. And you need to watch your flower for the next week. Okay? Because what is going to happen is the flower will soak up the red water and watch what happens to the petals. It changes color. Okay, so over the week, your, your flower will soak up the, the red, ready pink water and you will see something amazing happen to the petals. All the petals start to turn pinky red. And when we remember what we were thinking about our flower, imagining that's like Jesus, all clean and white at the start. But then, as the flower changes colors, if we think that that's like Jesus taking on all our sin, all our bad stuff, when he went to the cross to die for us, just like, in a similar way, that scapegoat, that when Cameron was taking on all those horrible things on his back, and the scapegoat, back in the day, before Jesus came, had to carry all the sin out into the wilderness, yeah? So once you've done that, have a think about that, and watch your flower at home for a week, and we're going to go into communion. So together, we remind ourselves what our faith is all about. We talked about the idea of when we have to carry too much stuff that actually separates us from God. And how does that, how does that sort out? Well, Jesus sorted it out for us. And when we take communion together, we remind ourselves that actually his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us, was poured out for us.